Welcome back to In Search of Tarot, a podcast that examines, questions, and reimagines our approach to life and the cards. Through guest interviews and in-depth discussions, we'll explore and expand the beautiful complexities of spirituality, philosophy, magic, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Angie. And we're your hosts for this fascinating ride. Thanks for being here with us. Last week, a friend of mine who's studying religion at Duke University's Divinity School called to tell me about an experience she had in one of her classes in which she and her colleagues requested a discussion surrounding the controversial text of Leviticus. How are modern-day Christians who are either queer themselves or who consider themselves queer allies meant to interpret some of the more strident passages from that chapter, which have been used as anti-LGBTQIA ammunition for decades? Our conversation reminded me of a book I read back in 2020 called Behold, I Make All Things New. It's a modern-day reinterpretation of some of the passages from the sacred texts of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam that most often get quoted in homophobic rhetoric. I remember feeling surprised by how sad I felt reading that book. It's incredibly rigorous in its analysis, and although I appreciated how much energy the three authors had obviously dedicated towards the project, I couldn't help but feel like they were wasting their time trying to use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house, as Audre Lorde would say. In her book, Purity and Danger, Mary Douglas shares the etymology of the word holy as set apart. To be holy is to be whole, to be one, Douglas writes. Holiness is unity, integrity, perfection of the individual and of the kind. At its root then, the only qualification needed for one to be considered holy is the unification and integrity of their one body. The only proof we need that queer people are holy can be found in the simple fact that we exist. But it's easy to see how this idea of holiness can become corrupted when extended out to describe a body of people, plural. If the being and thinking of one group is considered holy, then anyone who finds themselves outside of that group must be unholy. Visually, I can see this dynamic playing out in the Eight of Pentacles card, as depicted in the Smith Rider Waite inspired decks such as Queer Tarot by Ash and Chess. The figure depicted is chiseling away, ensuring the wholeness and holiness of each individual pinnacle. I've heard tarot interpreters discuss the need to perfect each pinnacle, but if we look closely, we can see that each one is in fact a little different from the last, meaning that if there is any effort being made toward perfection, it is the perfection of the individual which is leading to the cohesion rather than the homogeneity of the group. Breaks in form and pattern have become interesting to me lately. In Purity and Danger, Douglas defines anomalies as nouns, an element which does not fit a given set or series, and ambiguity as an adjective, a characteristic of statements capable of two interpretations. So many ideas about power are based on an idea of society as a series of forms contrasted with surrounding non-forms, Douglas writes. Quote, there is a power in the forms and other power in the inarticulate area, margin, confused lines, and beyond the external boundaries, end quote. Power itself can be dangerous, especially to those who don't have it. Anomalies and ambiguities that lie at the margin are incredibly threatening to the centered system as a whole, as they reveal breaks in the pattern and therefore cast the system as a whole in an unholy light. To quote again from Douglas, quote, in a chaos of shifting impressions, each of us constructs a stable world in which objects have recognizable shapes, are located in depth, and have permanence. 
The most acceptable cues are those which fit most easily into the pattern that is being built up. Ambiguous ones tend to be treated as if they harmonized with the rest of the pattern. Discordant ones tend to be rejected. If they are accepted, the structure of assumptions has to be modified." End quote. No system exists without assumptions, and this extends to systems of tarot interpretation. A marginal reading of the tarot reveals a plethora of ambiguity. And if we accept that ambiguity, then we must modify the assumptions upon which our system is based. People often forget that non-binary ways of being are not about holding both sides of the binary simultaneously, which would continue to uphold the binary, but are rather about discovering other options that are unique and new. The confused lines of the margin that interrupt holy systems, and which are in no way exclusive to queer people, are the paths we'll be following over the next six weeks inside of my restructuring tarot container. If the cracks feel like invitations to you, as they do to me, I hope you'll join me there to begin the process of creating your own tarot system from the ground up. Through suggested readings delivered as free PDFs, group discussions on Zoom and Slack, self-paced exercises, and practice readings with your peers, you will identify and clarify your tarot goals and craft your own unique method for working with the cards. The container opens on February 5th, and the link to join is in the show notes. In Search of Tarot is independently written, recorded, edited, and transcribed by Nick Kepley and Angie Miller. You can follow Angie on Instagram at birdgirl underscore, that's B-I-R-D-G-E-R-H-L underscore, and you can follow me, Nick, on Instagram at In Search of Tarot. Have a question or a comment? Email us at isotpod at gmail.com. We also invite you to leave us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.